This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show, live and on demand right here on Blaze TV radio and podcast exclusively because no one else would have us. I am Steve Dace alongside Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin. Anything you don't like in this program today, they are entirely responsible for. Let us know what you think about what we think. You can email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Uh, check out our MeWe page. That's the free speech alternative to Facebook, uh, where you're more likely to see me than you will on Facebook. Uh, look for Steve Dace there. And I gave, a bunch of you urged me to give it a second chance, so I did. I did give Gab a second chance over the weekend, uh, and now I'm finding their website about 65 to 70% effective. When when we left here on Friday, it was uh, in the low single digits. So, I'm, I mean, that that that's progress, right? So follow me at Steve Dace on Gab. That's one of the free speech alternatives to Twitter, trying to take the place of Parler, which is in exile. We don't know when and if it will return. Uh, you can also look for Steve Dace on Clout Hub. That's another free speech alternative to Twitter as well. And then, of course, if you're looking for clips of the show that you want to sample yourself and then share with others, go to YouTube.com slash Steve Dace or Rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. Jam-packed show for you on a Monday. First, though, I want to mention to you, I know that 2020 was not a great year, but one of the cool things that came out of 2020 is... I got introduced to Built Bar, and now I want to introduce those to you. And what's really cool, too, is you guys are trying it now, and you're emailing me back, and you're like, you know what? You were right. This thing is incredible. And you're, and now I'm kind of getting uh, a little miffed because you're getting the new cookie dough flavor before I am, and that is like my favorite food. I'm like elf with candy corns when it comes to cookie dough, all right? Um, I love cookie dough. And so you guys are telling me the new cookie dough flavor is to die for. I'm going to have to take your word for it because mine hasn't shown up in the mail yet. Hint, hint, Built Bar. But that's okay because there's well over 20 other flavors all covered in real chocolate. They've got a brand new white chocolate line as well. The white chocolate sea salt caramel is one of my favorite flavors. Uh, Every flavor you could want. And did I mention all covered in real chocolate, 160 calories or less, five carbs or less, five grams of sugar or less, up to 20 grams of protein. Those are the metrics in each and every bar. It tastes just like a candy bar, but it's a lot better for you. And right now, you can try it for the first time by using my last name, Dace, as a promo code, D-E-A-C-E. Get 20% off when you go to Built Bar, B-U-I-L-T, BuiltBar.com. Use my last name, Dace, as a promo code. All right, I mentioned a jam-packed Monday in store for you. Next hour, it's our Monday Town Hall. I figured, you know what? 
Um, my Facebook and Twitter accounts are probably on the clock. I, I, I am strangely now respecting Twitter for continuing. I'm down about, I'm, I'm approaching uh, a loss of 15,000 followers now. And I'm starting to respect the persistence of the purge. You know, the way that Patton respected Rommel. You know, maybe this is more of a worthy competitor than I thought. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the, the level of spite, you know, somebody tweeted back to me. Frankly, I'm surprised you're still being allowed on this platform. And I meant it as a compliment. You're not alone. I'm kind of surprised, too. Maybe they thought they would just humiliate me instead and just take me down to like 850 followers. But you guys know, I, I'm, I literally cannot be humiliated. I have like no shame, like none. Like I, I cannot be embarrassed, right? You're, you remember the movie Armageddon? Of course, with the worst, with the worst romance scene of all time, or at least the cheesiest between uh, Ben Affleck and uh, uh, Steven Tyler's daughter. It's a fantastic movie, though. And remember when uh, it's about the bleeps about to hit the fan, and everybody's trying to save it on that asteroid, and Steve Buscemi has lost his mind, and he's literally on the missile, the bomb riding it. Yes, that's you right now. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Steve Buscemi. I found uh, an edited, watered-down, basic cable version of Con Air. Oh. One of my favorite schlock films from the 90s. he's nuts in that one, too. I love it. Introduced that to my teenage son over the weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he loved it, too. He's like, like, Dad, this is really 90s, but... Oh, that's... But I gotta admit, this is kind of cool. That's peak... Cyrus the virus. That's peak Nick Cage... Just kind of embracing, yes, bizarro world, alpha male. Yes. It's fantastic. Yeah, it is a little bit like when I used to try to watch Forty Eight Hours, the Eddie Murphy Nick Nolte movie on basic cable, and it just it wasn't the same film. So much of the lines had to be scrubbed, right? Yeah, it was a little bit like that. Okay, but you got the you got the general gist sure. of it there. And Steve Buscemi is insane. Yes, uh, literally insane in that film as well. All right, so I figured while we still have a Facebook account, since our Facebook and Twitter accounts are basically on notice, we're on blast. At any point, we're getting blasted out of here. All right, so I figured while we still had one, we allegedly still have 130,000 some odd people following us there. We'd go ahead and squeeze in another Facebook Ask Me Anything. Plus, I kind of just wanted to see what the traffic would be on the amount of questions we got. So I've not looked, Todd. You have. Um, Did we get about the same amount of questions we typically do or not? The traffic is down a bit. Okay. Not a lot, but a bit. And I think... Because Facebook is saying my traffic traffic is down 72%. Yeah. That's a lot. I yeah. think I think it mostly speaks to exhaustion and that this thing is a fait accompli now, at least yeah. election-wise. I wonder how much of it is, to be fair, how much of it is our own people are ejecting off of these sites because they're tired of them. And, and it could be that I as don't well. Even th- I, like, I don't think it's close to like 50-50, but I bet it's more than 10% too, right? Sure. So it's probably more than we are thinking, but it's it's not. It, it's obviously yeah, the, I agree. these things are shadow bans or forms mm-hmm. of them. But there's another factor playing into this as well, yeah. which is our own people are screw these sites. We're out of here Correct. at the same time. Right. All right. So we have a Facebook Ask Me Anything for the Monday Town Hall coming up next hour. Uh, at the bottom of this hour, we're going to take a look at a tale of two Republican politicians with our good friend Bob Vanderplatz, one from our backyard who deserves some credit. And then one who came up and spoke in our state, I think it was, actually, I think it was a Bob's event last summer. And I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out what in the Samuel he's apologizing for. All right. So we're going to have that conversation at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. 
What Happened While We Were Away, brought to you by MAGA Insurrection Part 2. Across the fruited plains, armed Donald Trump insurrectionists stormed state capitol buildings, attempting once more to overthrow the United States government. Fortunately, authorities were prepared this time around as tens of thousands of National Guard troops were deployed in every state across the country, including upwards of 20,000 in Washington, D.C., to protect federal property and lives. So many troops were deployed, in fact, that there are now currently more than twice as many U.S. Guardsmen in D.C. at this moment than there are U.S. military personnel in Iraq and Afghanistan combined. Just look at the bloodthirsty MAGA insurrectionists, including this guy in Michigan with a rainbow flag standing next to this person with the Black Lives Matter hoodie on. Anywho, let's sober up for a minute. Why were there tens of thousands of National Guard troops activated this weekend in all 50 states, including 20,000 in Washington, D.C.? Well, as independent journalist Jordan Schachtel reports, it stems from an FBI bulletin, which <clears throat> was leaked to certain press outlets last week, warning of a substantial imminent threat to the public. Late last week, FBI Director Chris Wray briefed Vice President Mike Pence that the FBI was seeing online chatter related to Inauguration Day threats. Where was this chatter coming from? Apparently, the Boogaloo Boys movement, a loose conglomeration of Black Lives Matter supporters, white nationalists, and angry young men with nothing better to do with their time, with no central leadership. Furthermore, the Boogaloo Boys had initially advertised an armed protest in all states for this past weekend and has since called it off. So let's boil all this down for you. The same institution, the FBI, which was part and parcel to the Russian collusion hoax, the Ukrainian collusion hoax, and so on, leaked a bulletin to the media ostensibly fearing an armed Trump supporter insurrection in all 50 states, which then sent into motion perhaps one of the largest military responses to a domestic threat in the United States history, all because a loose conglomeration of extremists in an internet forum were bored and decided to make threats. But if you wanted to paint all Trump supporters as armed insurrectionists, what else would you do differently? Furthermore, prosecutors at the Justice Department have walked back their initial assertion that Capitol rioters a couple of weeks ago wanted to, quote, capture and assassinate elected officials. A Virginia man was arrested after he attempted to pass through a police checkpoint in D.C. with fake inauguration credentials, a loaded handgun, and over 500 rounds of ammunition. At least that's how it was initially reported. What actually happened is a private security guard presented unauthorized credentials to police and didn't have proper registration and licensing for the firearms he was carrying and was released on the same day. In other news, Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe claims in an unclassified intelligence briefing that China interfered with the 2020 election and that information proving that was suppressed by management within the Central Intelligence Agency. Speaking of the CIA, they have officially declassified nearly 3,000 documents on UFOs. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is... Go away, Biden! Moving on, let's talk about the COVID vaccine. California state epidemiologist Dr. Eric Capan issued a statement on Sunday recommending healthcare providers cease administration of the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine after 10 individuals that were administered the vaccine within 24 hours of each other required medical attention for a severe allergic reaction. In Norway, 23 people have died after taking the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. Those people died within days after receiving their first dose. Of those deaths, 13 were nursing home patients who were at least 80 years old. Learning Spanish today, Today's phrase is, Dr. Fauci wants to know, are those deaths with the vaccine or from the vaccine? 
¿Son esas muertes por la vacuna o por la vacuna? Speaking of Dr. Fauci, the United States government has determined that the now infamous Wuhan Institute of Virology has engaged in classified research, including laboratory animal experiments, on behalf of the Chinese military since at least 2017. That's the same Wuhan Institute of Virology that Dr. Anthony Fauci has allocated millions of dollars for controversial research in his position as head of the National Institutes of Health. Moving on, Fox News his ratings continue to tank for the first time in two decades over the first two weeks of this year fox news's ratings have fallen behind both cnn and msnbc fox's ratings have sunk 20 percent since the election in completely unrelated news fox news featured apple ceo tim cook on their sunday morning program as their quote-unquote power player of the week cook explained why the company banned parlor from their app store and touted the company's 100 million dollar initiative for minority opportunities Literally while that interview was taking place, authorities in Guatemala strained to contain a migrant caravan with thousands of people on their way to the U.S. border. And finally, I'm proud to say we're not really allowed to talk about anything in today's montage. What do I mean? Blaze TV's Elijah Schaefer sums it up best. A 78-year-old man campaigned from his basement, picks one of the most unpopular VPs, receives the most votes of any candidate in history at 4 a.m., confirmed in the middle of the night, an empty inauguration, 20,000 troops to protect him, and nobody can question any part of it. Wow. You can apply that same rhetorical device to basically any story in today's montage. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Omega XL. If getting your pain under control is one of the things you have resolved to do here in the new year, make sure you check out Omega XL backed by 35 years. It's longer than Aaron's been alive. 35 years of clinical research. Omega XL attacks the inflammation that is likely causing your pain. Now, of course, I always throw out this disclaimer when we talk about Omega XL. If you have an injury... Get it medically treated. But if we're talking about what comes with inflammation, sore back, knees, shoulder pain, hips, that's my issue, the hip flexor. If that's what you're dealing with, particularly in those joints, uh, with the stiffness, the muscles as we get older, and you know what also can be associated with this time of year? Uh, we resolve to get active again, get back to the gym, exercise again. And a lot of those muscles and joints have atrophied from a lack of use. And suddenly we go all at it and that you get a lot of soreness there as well. That's where Omega XL kicks in. It's part of my daily regiment. I would recommend you would do, you use it as well uh, get you, to get you started. How about uh, buy one, get one free. That's the offer from Omega XL. A second bottle for free when you order one at Omega XL, just like it sounds. OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Again, that's OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Or you can give them a call at 800-844-4888. 800-844-4888. In the overtime today, we're going to stick around after the show and record it for our Blaze TV subscribers. We're going to talk about Fox News's tanking rankings and why I think they will respond to, did I say rankings? Sorry, I got football on the brain. Uh, tanking ratings and why I think we already know how they're going to respond to it. Because... Fox News and the Republican Party are essentially a seamless garment. They're a symbiotic relationship. They're one and the same.
But we'll talk about that today in the overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers after today's show. We will stick around and record it and then upload it for Blaze TV subscribers to watch later at blazetv.com slash dace. That's D-E-A-C-E, blazetv.com slash dace. If you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, that's also where you can go to get our biggest discounted subscription ever right now, $30 off an annual subscription right now to make sure you get our content when big tech doesn't want you to at blazetv.com slash dace all right let's get to what else is in the montage and maybe am i am i off here guys but my reading of history typically shows at least the history books i'm familiar with that it's the new head of state who shows up with the military and fencing that is the one leading the coup, the one that's part of the coup, isn't it? Don't we kind of have this backwards? Isn't that usually when you show up with the military and the fencing and the barricades, aren't you the, aren't you the coup dude? They're going to try to make that easier to swallow with $1,400 paychecks coming up pretty soon, right? True, and then, yeah. You know, if only somebody had warned... God, all these people working in conservative media. And if only just one person had warned the Republican Party, and like when there was time to do something about it, like, you know, like maybe middle of December, you know, like a good two, three weeks before the uh, Senate runoff election in Georgia, right? Sure. If only somebody had stood up and warned the Republican Party that it was probably a bad idea to send a bunch of money to Burma and Pakistan and not to actual Americans. Either send nothing to nobody and reopen their country or pay the American people first. And if they didn't do that, they would then lose the runoffs in Georgia and that the first thing Democrats would do with total control of government in January is try to recapture the populist messaging they lost to Donald Trump the last four years by saying, okay, we're going to give even more money than we were talking about before. Can you guys think of anybody who might have warned about that or predicted that that was all going to take place? You had me at if I can't. Some, I can't. And so the Republican Party, we're all just blindsided by this. You had me at if somebody had only warned the GOP. You didn't even know to go. That's going to be on your tombstone, quite frankly. So <laughs> the details after that yeah. were just kind of ancillary. Yeah. I, I, the two things I got emailed about the most while we were uh, off this weekend, one was, the origin of You Bet Your Sweet Bippy from Friday's oh, special show. My goodness. Oh, I got my over goodness. 100 emails from people wanting me, me to too. give credit to to, uh, to laugh in. Okay. You got me. All right. So Good to see Rowan and Martin still rolling strong here in 2021. Okay. Um, but the other one was, man, you sure called that one. It's, it's you know, it's because I have this Nostradamus uh, uh, conjuring crystal ball that I look into and it sends me quatrains. No, guys. It's because I've done this before. They just make all the... They, they just do the same things over and over again. I mean, uh, honestly, I can't take any credit for this because you'd have to be a moron to believe Todd. Another show here on The Blaze, some other conservative outlet, offers you a chance to be uh, a, 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 somebody else's number two Somebody else's Riker for 100% more money. Your response 
when I say, I will not be bullied into matching that. Your response to me, Todd, we've been friends for almost 20 years, right? Your response to me, Todd, upon learning that news would be what? Well, I do like you, Steve, but... Um 100 G that's 100% more yeah that's kind that's of, what the democrat that's what the, that's what the democrats and trump are offering whatever 100% part of, more whatever yeah. part of me wants to be like a baseball purist or something like that yep. if i tried to fly that by my wife she'd say come again we all have a we all have a price yeah. and we just found yours right or at least we found mrs Erzins for that yes. matter correct yeah yeah i said this to the brass at the blaze when this came up a few weeks ago dude man this is great i got to tell you if Boring or Shapiro call me up at the Daily Wire and offer me 100% more than what y'all are paying me, then I'm going to I'm gonna enjoy being Ben Shapiro's wingman instead of Glenn Beck's. Know what I'm saying? I do. No one in their right mind when, would choose 100% less of something. That was never going to win. That was never going to win. Never. And now here we are. So it's, 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 it's not brilliance, man. You know what makes you really, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to. You know what makes you smart working in conservative media? Really? Because there's a, I've met a lot of these people, man, a lot. There's a ton of smart people in this business. A ton of people smarter than me in this business. All right, my ego doesn't want to go that far. There's a few people smarter than me in this business. <laughs> I've met some people smarter than me in this business. Um, you want to know though what makes you like super smart in this business? You ready for this? It's going to be depressing. Not being a whore. Not being a whore. Don't be a whore for Team GOP. And you just see things clearly. You know what I'm saying? Don't 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 be a stenographer. For the Republican Party, don't blog, will blog for food. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Don't open your mouth and some Republican bigwigs uh, or some big GOP. That's what I loved about the, the, the big GOP donor that started Conservative Review. He was like, I want, I'm, I'm out for blood. The party lied to me and I want you guys to destroy them. Okay. I'm in. Right. Okay. That, but, but, that is um, that. That's the reason why. If you want to know why people in our industry are just dumb, they're not dumb. They're bought and paid for. That's why. Just don't be a whore. Don't be a whore. Just don't be a whore, and you're going to be a lot smarter because you won't be paid to not tell people the truth. That's it. At CPAC. You're basically... Man, That's you're, my CPAC I've message. Got, Steve Dace, well, the keynote oh. at CPAC. Don't be a whore. You're like, you're like Tom Hanks, Jimmy Dugan in uh, A League of Their Own where the kids come up to get his autograph. Of, he signs the baseball. Avoid the clap. Jimmy Dugan. <laughs> That's good advice. <laughs> That's you. To That's life advice everywhere. right there, kids. <laughs> you're a lot smarter when you're not paid by somebody else to be dumb. I'm That's giving it. you pearls here. Yes. Now, they might don't, it might be on the swine, but take them nevertheless, right? Um, what else did I want to get into? Um, what's going on with the vaccines? Nothing good. Shocking. <sighs> Over 12 years, 
that tried to get a vaccine for SARS-1 coronavirus. And they got nowhere. They got nowhere. And we were all going to be led to believe that they were going to do this in six months. The coming fight over this thing. I hope all of you, within the sound of my voice right now, you guys want action steps, and we've resolved this year to be more action steppy, right? We're going we're gonna to give you guys more action steps. Here's what we can all do, right? And the answer is us. That's our theme this year, right? Mm-hmm. Here's what you guys all need to be doing right now. All of you within the sound of my voice right now. Bookmarking, saving, printing off for when these things get scrubbed from the internet and memory hold later and you go to Google them, but you won't be able to find them because Google has algorithms that put them on the 39th page of listings and no one goes past page two, right? Okay. As we go along and you see these things and you see these articles and you see what's going on, bookmark all of this stuff. Have copies of all of this stuff because there will come a time, probably this year, you're going to have to go to a member of your state legislature, probably somewhere to your state and local government and say, hell no, you're not going to let them treat me like a second class citizen because I don't want to take a vaccine that has all of these issues because that's what is coming and is already here over the weekend. Los Angeles County announced Proof of vaccination will be required for students to return full-time in the classroom. Did you see that? It did. Yeah. And they're gonna, and they're saying, well, it's not any different than requiring vaccination for measles or for mumps. Um, it's it's a lot different, actually. Because we um we 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 have years and years of medical evidence on the efficacy, or the efficacy, I should say, uh, and or side effects of those two vaccinations. We don't have any of that on this. And keep in mind, this isn't Ebola we're dealing with here. You know, we are, we are not some tribal nation ravaged by an Ebola-like virus that threatens to wipe us out from a continent. And so we don't have time to test this. We don't have time to know for sure. We don't have years and years to do human trials. We have to do this right now because it's a cataclysmic existential event. It's not. Unless you're under the over the age of 80 or have two or three specific pre-existing conditions. This is a 0.2 IFR. Twice as bad as the flu but still overwhelming odds of recovery and survival. It is not worth risking this. This is big government, big pharma, in cahoots together, driving a narrative. And very soon, if we're not there already, big tech will be their stormtroopers enforcing the Overton window of information. So make sure you are flagging all of these items. I get emails from you guys all the time that want like compilations of all my work. I don't have time to do that, guys. I don't have a staff. There's nobody behind the three of us here. We do this all ourselves. So... We'll bring the information to light, but, I, but I'm telling you, have it ready to go 
because you're going to have to go to your legislature or a city council or some form of state or local government at some point this year to say, hell no, you're not letting that industry turn us into second class citizens or the public school turn us into second class citizens until this information is confronted and dealt with. Because it's going to get worse. And the reason it's going to get worse is because these things aren't tested. Well, Steve, they, 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 they did trial. Okay. With what? The same FDA who approved hydroxychloroquine for 60 years and then suddenly told us at a time that Americans, for the first time, really needed it. It was dangerous. The same FDA and CDC that suddenly forgot Respiratory viruses don't like sunlight and vitamin D. The same FDA and CDC that suddenly thought, well, you know, masks actually solve everything after telling us for years that they don't. Which class of experts? See, we needed time to observe this in real time. Right now, we just have to take everybody's word for it. That they actually did test it and all the people they tested it on and everything else. You trust all these entities? You trust all these institutions? I sure as hell don't. We're in the instant replay, what's a catch phase of American medicine right now. That's a great analogy. Yeah. Did he complete the catch? Did he take a football move? Did he have it in his hand, in his hands as he fell to the ground, right? Or the tuck rule might even be yeah. a better one, okay? Which is even more, um, uh, even more not, not obvious. Who knows? These are judgment calls. And I wouldn't be as concerned about it if I, if I didn't anticipate and if they had not already shown the play that this will be the cost for most of you and I, most of us getting our lives back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If they were just willing to let this play out in the marketplace and AstraZeneca doesn't have the side effects that the Moderna one is and it ends up beating it out in the marketplace, I just assume just let that process play itself out from where I'm coming from. But since they're already signaling to us, you can't be an American again unless you take one of these. Then hell yeah, now I'm not I'm not satisfied with just letting the market play itself out. Not when people are dying and already getting allergic reactions from it. More in a moment. So if I would have been doing promotions for uh, toiletpapersupply.com at this time last year, and if I would have said, folks, you never know, <laughs> I know, laugh all you want, all right? Stock up, baby. Yeah. Laugh it up, as Han Solo once said, laugh it up, fuzzball, okay? <laughs> laugh it up all you want, all right? It would have sounded extremely ridiculous and desperate for a hook on January 18th, 2020, right? Probably. Probably. What about on March 18th, 2020? Mm. April, May, June? Talk to me. How about shopping at Costco on January 18th, 2021, and you still can't buy more than one thing of toilet paper? Know what I'm saying? I do. So you never know when you never know might happen. 
So check out our friends at, at uh, My Patriot Supply. They served several million patriots just like you. And you can save 20% off right now their popular four-week food kit that gives you 2,000 calories a day. You never know when you never know. All right? It was toilet paper before. Maybe it's food and water. Things even more necessary later. Your four-week kit will uh, will arrive discreetly. So if you're worried about your neighbors are like, all right, that's the nut job. Right? Okay. Just remember, they thought that about Noah, too. All right? It'll arrive to you discreetly at your door in as little as two days. All right? So prepare for the future right now at preparewithdace.com. That's preparewithdace.com. Save 20% off right now at My Patriot Supply. Preparewithdace.com. Let's bring in our good friend, Bob Vanderplatz from The Family Leader. Good to see you, brother. How are you? I was doing really well. And then we did the toilet paper conversation. I think it got called fuzzball in all of this. Let me tell you the date, though, March 11. March 11, Darla and I were in the Mesa Airport, mm-hmm. and we got notified in a panic by our youngest son, who lives on his own in Minneapolis, cannot find toilet paper. March 11. Hey, I went I went grocery shopping on my Christmas break. I had to go to three stores in West Des Moines just a few weeks ago to get some. Mm. So You and, never know. And they still don't have the cleaning wipes at Costco I like. Those, those still aren't back. So I'm, I, you know, the struggle... Yeah. It's real. Okay. <laughs> There's not enough pumpkin spice in the world to help you with that. No, I know. I, I, if it was a choice between those Costco cleaning wipes and the pumpkin spice, it would be a tough call. I'd still go with the pumpkin spice. I'm going to take luxury first, but uh, the, the the Costco cleaning wipes are a necessity. All right. So, so Bob, today we want to talk to you about, because obviously we're at the end of an era now. This is the last day of the Trump presidency. Tomorrow begins the third term of O'Biden. He gets sworn in, which is really going to be the third term of Barack Obama. Just accelerated, like like if Barack Obama had come to power like 10 years later with where the left has moved the culture, what would he do? That's the stuff that the Biden administration is going to do. All right. So it's just a third term of Obama accelerated uh, and time stamped for where we are now as opposed to where we were in 2007, 2008. Um, but there's going to be a lot of talk about where to go in the what's left of America, what the future looks like, uh, if we can hold this thing called the union together anyway for Mm -hmm. another few years, uh, where to go in the future. And today I want to give, I want to discuss two profiles of Republicans I saw in the news over the weekend. Um, And so one good and one bad, all right? Uh, At least my opinion is bad. Let's start with the one good. Because uh, it's just in our own backyard. And this was a piece I saw you share on Twitter uh, that National Review had written about our governor, Kim Reynolds, noting that uh, the Atlantic basically said uh, um, that that she was uh, conducting an experiment of human sacrifice. That's kind of their way of looking at this on COVID. But when you look at the actual numbers... And here's how we graded her on Friday, we t- or on Thursday we talked about this. That from my perspective, if I was grading her by herself, I'd give her a B plus, which is a very good grade, but not as good as she's done a couple things. So there's always done. room for improvement. There's always room right? for improvement, especially if I'm grading. Sure. Right? I don't like Anna nowadays. But I'd give her a B plus. Now, if I was grading her on a curve in relation to her peers around the country, well, she's going to get an A. Sure. Okay? Because... You know, Texas is no longer my relocation mistress. You and I have both been to Texas recently. Mm-hmm. We are freer in Iowa than they are in Texas. Okay, so um, with that said, let's give some credit to her for how, it, and, and for me, 
it's not so much the decisions politicians make, but why they make them. Even when she has made moves that I think line up with Anthony Fauci, flat earth voodoo, junk science, there's at least been like a timestamp on it. Like, mm-hmm. all right, we're going to do this for a week or two or no more than a month. And then when the and then almost every time she actually ceases the restriction before the time allotment, meaning it's just not open ended and we just make it up. And, uh, you know, the masks don't work because you didn't triple mask, quadruple mask, mask harder, meaning that there's it's clear that she has made an earnest attempt to treat her constituents like adults and to be honest with them throughout this entire ordeal. And I think that's what she gets the most credit for. Oh, without question. I think that's why I said in the tweet, because first of all, you're right. The Atlantic, what they did is they set up to do a hit piece on her. As a matter of fact, the Atlantic, if we're being honest, they really wished COVID run amok on the state of Iowa. Right, that's the what, COVID tracking project, that's, that's what, out of the Atlantic. That's yeah. what they wanted to see in the state of Iowa. What Kim Reynolds did, I think, is what a wise leader does. First of all, she has a firm foundation. Uh, you hear me say a lot of times, look higher on this show. I think Kim Rose does look higher. But she also understands the whole, whole idea about, you know, what is freedom? What is personal responsibility? What makes America great? What makes Iowa great? And so she took the science. I think she was wise. She wasn't panicked, but she was wise. What she did, she shifted the personal responsibility to Iowans and said, listen, we're, we're going to do a balanced approach here. And she's the one who was yelling out for her businesses to be open, but for schools to be mm-hmm, open. Mm-hmm. We need the kids back in schools and what we're doing to kids are, is unconscionable. And the ripple effects, we, we have no idea the far reaching ripple effects of devastation to kids by keeping them out of schools. So she did a, a very balanced approach. And that's why I tweeted about yesterday is that she transferred personal responsibility to Iowans. Iowans lived up to who they are. They delivered. And now you see our numbers. I mean, our hospitals are not overrun. Our numbers seem to be going down. But I thought she gave a very wise and balanced approach. And so I wanted to thank her for that versus just relying on government mandates because that will save us. She thought, you know what? I think Iowans are smarter than that. I wanted to start with her first because I think we have to leave some room for grace here. We are, first of all, this is an unprecedented time. Bing. Uh, So that's number one. Number two, it's, it's hard to be an ideologue in an executive position, whether it's the principal of a school, head of a major corporation, governor of a state, president, because you're not just making decisions for the people that most agree with you, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and so it's a fine line. You don't want to you don't want to treat the people that didn't support you on your way there um, like they're second class citizens. One that tends to fuel their uh, resolve to get rid of you if you do, but two, it's also not really being a good person. But also at the same time, you you can't accommodate that element to the point that you lose your own convictions in the process by constantly reaching across so long that you lose your own footing, right? So, so to give you an example of that, though, Steve, is that when we do the Iowa caucuses, right, and so these presidential candidates come and say, what we're trying to find out is what's your base? Mm-hmm. What's your convictions? Mm-hmm. Why? Because when we, when we know that, we now can extrapolate that to basically determine how will you lead in things that we have no idea. 9-11, nobody knew 9-11 was going to happen. The coronavirus, nobody knew coronavirus was going to happen. How are you going to lead when that stuff happens? And so that's what you're saying about Kim Reynolds. We understand her principles. We understand her convictions. 
and the extrapolation is how she leads. Right. Look at the process by which decisions are made, even more than you look at the actual decision. You can make the right decision for shoddy reasons and it blows up in your face later on because you can't defend it when adversity hits, or you can make the wrong decision for right reasons, but then eventually when it uh, when it reveals itself to be the wrong decision because you were making it for the right reasons, you're more inclined to follow a process to undo that kind of a decision, mm-hmm. right? So I think when we're vetting the people that want to represent us wearing our jersey, look at the decision process more so than the decisions themselves. I have not always agreed with Kim's decisions. I've agreed with her decisions a heck of a lot more than 98% of the governors in America, would you say, Todd? Oh, for sure. But I have always, and even when I've been critical, I've mentioned this on the show, and I'm not just saying this because you're here and you guys mm-hmm. are pals, but even when I've been critical, I have noted to our audience, I respect the process by which she has made these decisions and communicates them. And not only look at her words, her words, anybody else's words, but also look at their record. What have they done? So in the third debate, when she was running for re-election in 2018, the line in the sand for her, she said it right in the debate, was the sanctity of human life. Well, she's also the governor that signed the heartbeat bill. She's also the governor that pushed the Protect Life Amendment. So by that, you can then basically conclude she is for the sanctity of human life. Okay. Let's go to another example, though, that I don't think is quite as good. Now, this guy's not from Iowa, but I think he's been up here to Iowa to speak before here, right? Okay. This is Oklahoma Senator uh, is it is it Frank Langford? James. James Langford, thank you. And I believe he's a former pastor, right? He is a former pastor okay. from Oklahoma. From Oklahoma, yeah. all right. Uh, here's the headline from The Hill. Apologizes to black constituents for opposing election results. Quote, what I did not realize was all of the national conversation about states like Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Michigan was seen as casting doubt on the validity of votes coming out of predominantly black communities like Atlanta, Philadelphia, and Detroit. After decades of fighting for voting, rights many black friends in oklahoma saw this as a direct attack on their right to vote for their vote to matter and even a belief that their votes made an election in our country illegitimate i can and these are quotes from him by the way i can assure you my intent to give a voice to oklahomans who had questions it was never also an intent to diminish the voice of any black american i should have recognized how what i said and what i did could be interpreted by many of you i deeply regret my blindness to that perception and for that i am sorry over the weekend it was a poll from CNN, so, I mean, you, know, you got to have a, uh, a margin of error of about 20 points. Uh, but it was a <laughs> CNN poll that found 89% of Republicans in America, over one-third of independents in America, did not believe the last election was legitimate. I don't believe the last election was legitimate, and I've never, ever watched uh, Sidney Powell press conference. I've not followed. I don't know. I couldn't tell you what the Dominion corporate flowchart is, nor do I care. Because it's it's chasing ghosts. I just did math, and I don't believe the same people that lied to me and all of you for a year about COVID just suddenly told the truth at 4 a.m. when they dropped off a bunch of voter dumps that were 99% all for one guy and often only had one candidate on the ballot and nobody else, okay? Um, I don't think I have to apologize to a damn soul for wanting assurance, nor does anybody else, whether they're white, black, or pansexual, vegan lizard people, have to apologize for wanting to make sure the process by which this very slim thread called the Union of these United States is being held together right now, the election process, particularly after I got lectured to for the last four years that the last guy in the White House, who I didn't even vote for four years ago, only got there because Putin had a P-tape of him that he then leveraged into turning him into a Russian asset. And we had to do, on top of that, 
that being told that was not a legit election. We then had to do a three-year, $45 million uh, special counsel that only then came back and said that was not a real story. Do I have this right so far? You're pretty so, close. So what, what in the Sam Hill is he apologizing for? Do you know? Well, I think what it is, and, and Senator Lankford, first of all, to go back to, he's really tried to do racial reconciliation with Tim Scott. Matter of fact, when they came to our summit, I interviewed him and Senator Scott, Senator Scott, African-American from South South Carolina, and they've made a lot of inroads in that. And matter of fact, they should be applauded for that. The problem I have here with uh, Senator Lankford doing this, matter of fact, I saw it right away when it came out, because I first had a problem with him opposing the certification of the results. Now, you and I differ on that, but I, I was opposing. I was upset. Them, Why are you opposing the certification results? Because you're not giving me proof. Okay, now, others who are saying the election was illegitimate, they have their rationale. They have their reason. Go ahead, voice the opinion. But what's the proof other than going to sign on with Senator Cruz and some others? The real problem I had with this, the former high school principal and me, after the Capitol gets stormed, after windows get knocked out, doors get kicked in, and all of a sudden this thing's gone way too far, now it's like, okay, now I'm taking my name off of that. I'm going to certify. The, meaning like, I'm trying to figure out what's the foundation, what's the base. Because if you had a problem before mm-hmm. the Capitol was stormed, that problem didn't go away because the Capitol was stormed. Mm-hmm. So I started questioning what, what, what's that then? And then what was the apologizing because I've offended some African-Americans? Know what you're probably doing. You're standing up for some African-Americans because what you're really talking about is the integrity of the vote, whether it's Steve Dace's vote, who is white from Michigan, who resides in Iowa, or if it's Tim Scott's vote, who's an African-American who resides in South Carolina. We all want authenticity, transparency, and integrity in elections. There's nothing to apologize there for. So my problem with Senator Langford is it was kind of, I'm here, but now I'm here, and now I'm here. And that's where I'm like, what foundation are we running off? I mean, I'm all for building relationships with people who don't look like you, who don't think like you, who don't act like you. For us as believers, that's kind of loving your neighbors yourself, right? I mean, to, to do that, I get that. But that doesn't mean we have to apologize for something that we just want to be fair and a level, a high level of integrity. You know this because we've been friends for a long time. I've mentioned this to the audience before. I mean, the first foray I ever, I ever made into turning my show into a tool of activism was... Uh, via local, on a local basis here in Des Moines, via racial reconciliation, getting the first black school member, I believe, ever elected to the Des Moines Jonathan School Board, who was a, one of my best friends. Here's what I learned. Um, that doesn't happen by weak pandering because it, and it, it goes to what you just said a minute ago. If you really believed something, and then when you saw that there might be consequences for it that you don't want to have to confront, and then you suddenly switch, I don't know what you believe now. You have to start by coming into this with some form of integrity. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have a consistency of belief system. Secondly, you know, a lot of us, I, I didn't, you know, my ancestors got off a boat at Ellis Island, and we're a bunch of Sicilian Wops and Dagos. I, I don't have to apologize for a damn thing that happened in 1863, 1864. They weren't even here. Secondly, I wasn't even born until 1973. I don't owe anybody anything or any repentance whatsoever except for the sins I have committed. For a pastor to assume corporate sinfulness on people is a direct repudiation of the Word of God, which says we are held accountable as individuals, right? Uh, to just visit the sins of other generations upon future ones 
or this one. I don't even think that's even a biblical notion, let alone terrible politics. I think, you know, the, the bigger thing you've hit on it is so you're you're contrasting, say, Governor Kim Reynolds and say at this point, Senator Langford, yep. who is really a good guy. It's just in this instance, I'm like. I didn't know where you were at. What's your decision-making yeah. process? With Kim Reynolds, you understand, I know where you're at. And Kim Reynolds, just so your audience knows. 30 seconds. She came under intense fire oh, yes. and heat yep. from the press. She got vilified as governor, and she still stood her ground because she understood her convictions and what was best for the, st- for the state of Iowa. That's what we're asking for Senator Lankford or any other elected representative. Good stuff, man. We'll do it again soon. God bless. Hour two is next. Ask me anything or Monday town hall. Stay tuned. With Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. Uh, let us know what you think about what we think. You can email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show, and then Facebook, MeWe, Clout Hub, Gab. Look for Steve Dace at each and every one of those places. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace, and then Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. That's the new free speech alternative to YouTube. If you're a podcast listener, we love and appreciate you. Just as much as everybody else, please show your appreciation for us by hitting the subscribe button if you haven't done that yet and then leaving us a five-star review if you have yet to do that as well. Uh, Regardless of podcast platform, the more of those we get, the more it helps the show to grow. And we want to thank all of you for doing your part that have already done those things. Also want to mention, my new book is out right now. Get your copy at Amazon.com and Nefarious Carol. See what happens when the devil himself tries to tempt a desperate young woman into being a partner with him in the culmination of his master plan for humanity. The conversation that goes on here one night in a motel room between the devil and our young heroine is exactly what's going on in the hearts of each and every one of us and our countrymen right now as we speak. So get your copy today at Amazon.com. I've heard from a ton of you that have read the book already and loved it. If you are one of those people, if you haven't done so yet, leave us a five-star review over at Amazon.com. And A Nefarious Carol, it is the novella sequel to my 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot, which we are turning into a movie as we speak. Got a big meeting today about that that I'm looking forward to later this uh, evening. So that and more. Hopefully more news to come on the Nefarious Plot movie here in the next few weeks and months. Uh, What else? Oh, let me tell you about Omaha Steaks. You ever wonder what makes those steaks so darn good? It is the aging process. They age their steaks at Omaha Steaks at least 21 days because that's kind of the sweet spot and where the magic happens. And right now you can try those mouth-watering steaks in their Butcher's Best Sellers Grill Pack. That's four of their iconic fork tender Butcher's Cut Filet Mignons, four juicy, ultra-juicy burgers, four savory pork chops, desserts, and so much more. If this has aroused the carnivore in you, go to omahasteaks.com, enter my last name, Dace, into the search bar for a special price on that Butcher's Best Sellers package. Omaha Steaks been a leader of gourmet steaks and foods since World War I, or the last time we had a worldwide pandemic. Um, Butcher's Best Sellers package at omahasteaks.com. And type DACE into the search bar to get this deal. You don't want to miss out. OmahaSteaks.com. Enter DACE into the search bar.
All right, let's get to our Monday Town Hall. First time we're going to do one of these here in 2021. It's our monthly or weekly Ask Me Anything, and I figured while we are still... Uh, by our benevolent overlords, you can already see the Biden administration is already saying you're already seeing it from uh, from legacy media. They're now threatening to repeal Section 230 on big tech because they are not censoring enough. <laughs> right. So take advantage of the of the 130,000 people that are supposedly still following us on Facebook while we can. It's our weekly Ask Me Anything Facebook edition. No topic is off limits. It just had to get Todd Erzin's interest. So Todd, you select the questions, right? I do. You feed them over to Aaron? I do. Aaron, you may fire when ready. We'll start with Chad Helmy. Kind of sounds like Chad Henney. Anyway, who or what is QAnon? I don't watch TV. I'm on conservative social media all the time. I have no idea who or what this is. I just know that liberals blame QAnon for things they want conservatives to be guilty of. So, I'm in the same boat, by yeah, the way. Is it, is it QAnon or QAnon? I've heard it pronounced both ways. Okay. So I first heard about QAnon or QAnon when we were still doing the sports show with uh, Kurt Schilling, future Major League Baseball Hall of Famer, uh, all-time World Series great. And he just happened to mention, yeah, these QAnon people are like going crazy on this right now. And before we were going on the air, so what would happen is I'd come in in the morning to do that show with Kurt. 15 or 20 minutes, we'd spend just talking about what was going on in politics first, just off the air, and then we'd do our show, okay? And that was the first time I'd heard the term. I, I had no idea what it was. You have to understand that in the 2016 primary, I was on the side of people fighting back against the folks that were posting the green frog, um... Uh, you know, uh, profiles and Pepe, avatars, Pepe. yeah, and, and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so I'm not from this world at all. All right, um, not natively, anyway. Uh, so I, I didn't. I'd never even heard the term. And so this would have been what middle of 2018, probably. Yep. Fall of 2018, sometime late 2018. Kurt mentioned it before we went on the air. That's the first time I ever heard the term. I found out what Q droppings were. Have you guys heard with, heard this expression? No. Okay. I, I first heard this expression last week. I didn't know what they were. But apparently in this crowd, people wait around for Q droppings where he tells them or they, you know, I'm not, I don't know if it's a person or a group of people, what, what's really about to happen and what's really going on, I guess. And they're called Q droppings. On purpose, because Chad, I could see last year that uh, big tech and legacy media were going to do or planning to do exactly what you just said. I made sure I I had no interest in visiting it anyway, but I, I made sure never to do so because it was clear that they were eager to... Uh, to brand all of us as that. To brand all of us as that. I, and, and let's go back to the 2016 primary. I, I told you during that primary. Now, I'm not, again, I'm not here to relitigate the primary. I've made my peace with it. I thought Donald Trump was overall a pretty good president. And I probably have a higher opinion of him 
than I ever imagined I would as a president. But you know what I had to do to get there? Willie not pay attention to him or his Twitter account most days and just look at how they governed. Because the persona, I don't like. I'm not a fan of it on any level at all. And if I subjected myself to it, I don't watch rallies unless they ask me to speak. I wouldn't turn out a crowd of that size. But I'm not, a, I'm not interested in being a spectator at that thing at all. I'm not really interested in Trump as a brand at all. I'm interested in what's best for my kids. You know what I'm saying? I'm interested in that. Indeed. Uh, and what's best for my kids would be him in charge for the next four years and not Joe Biden. That's why I made the decision to vote for him. Because he earned that vote. He earned that decision by me, by the way he governed for the last four years. But if, but, but that's, that's a road, that, that's, a, that's a path a lot of people struggle with taking because they, they can't let go of the persona. I can't either. But I just recognized that, and so I had to shut myself off to it. I mean, I had, I had to recognize if I allow myself to care on a day-to-day basis what is being said or tweeted by him or what kvetchings or what's the latest, you know, Trump grievance, it, I'm going to be so annoyed by the narcissism and everything else, I won't be able to see the governance objectively. So I had to make the conscience, conscientious decision to just remove him from a personality standpoint, as much as I possibly could, and just look at the results of the policies. And if I didn't do that, there's no way I'd be able to remain objective. That's what I had to do. Um, a lot of people couldn't do that. And now with this, with this QAnon thing, this is the same thing. The desire is that um, everybody was alt-right. This is what I warned about in 2016. That the reason the media was giving him all this attention to get the nomination is they thought he would be the most easily beatable candidate. They turned out to be wrong about that, um, like they are almost everything else. But they also hoped that um, his oddness, his ego, his crudity, his clumsiness verbally, they would finally use him. Remember how we used to talk about this at the time, right? They would finally use him to successfully brand us as the racist, misogynistic, xenophobic, homophobic bigots that they'd been claiming since what? The early 90s. That, that would, that's, you know, since political correctness, that's been their game plan, right? Right. And that Trump would be finally on a national stage. His crudity and clumsiness would finally be what they need to cement that branding. And it, that didn't work either. And it didn't even work even when they <clears throat> beat him, because I don't believe they did. I think they cheated. But even when they <clears throat> beat him, they still hadn't successfully branded him. Actually, he'd been the first president in the history of the Gallup poll to not be named the most um, um, respected uh, man in America. That never happened before. No sitting president in the history of the Gallup poll had not been named the most respected man in America, at least once in this term. Never happened. It was about to happen for the first time in the Trump era, except this year, Trump actually won the award for the first time. So they, they had not, they had defeated him, I guess we'll call it, okay? But they it, it removed him. Let's go with removed. Can we do that? They yeah. had removed him. Is that a word we all agree on? That they sure. removed him. Okay. They had successfully removed him, but they had not successfully branded him as much as they had hoped until January 6th. And now they're running with it. 
That's where a fire from some homeless people now is caused to shut the Capitol down earlier today. What do you got? 20,000 troops standing by. We screamed all last summer, send the damn National Guard into these cities when people's lives and livelihoods are being burned down and destroyed in real time, right? Couldn't happen. Couldn't be done. Because, you know, Caesar Flickerman, though, Caesar Flickerman... I mean, he sees a he sees he sees a a, a a 115 pound middle-aged woman from California shatter a glass door at the Capitol, and Caesar Flickerman's just like kill her in cold blood and let's bring out the troops suddenly. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Meanwhile, when your entire city is burning over there in District 12, Caesar Flickerman can't be bothered. That's what's going on right now. Now, now they have successfully, or they at least believe they have, successfully conducting the conducted the branding that they want. And the new branding is, so you're all alt-right. Every, everybody that's to the right of the Lincoln Project is alt-right. And now everybody that is in alternative media is QAnon or QAnon. That's, that's the game that's going to be played. We're all, everybody that doesn't buy into the media narrative, we're all Alex Jones and conspiracy theorists now. That's just the reality of it. And I think, here's what I would, what we have to figure out how to do is reject that without losing our soul to justify things that we know are wrong at the exact same time. Now, that's not going to be easy. Here's what I mean by that. No going in, there's no accommodation. No going in, there is no way. I, I believe this. I believe, the, I believe the political culture is too far gone for reason to prevail. One side will win, the other side will lose. You are in a cold civil war here. And the only reason it's not going to go hot is because both sides can't find a better place to live. But it's going to be cold. It's, that's the mutual assured destruction like we saw in the 80s. Couldn't win a nuclear war. There were too many missiles pointed at each side. So it wouldn't go hot. No one would push the button because it was mutually assured destruction. But they also both recognized at the same time that one of these belief systems will survive and the other will die. So they used every other means, both sides did, short of hitting the button. They used every other means to squeeze out the other belief system, right? Yeah. That's what's going to happen here. I don't believe the thing will go hot. Because there's not any other better place to live. I mean, Todd is about as trigger happy as anybody I know right now. And yet at the same time, you're doing recruiting trips with your daughter, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're sure pretty pissed off, right? Yeah. 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 But you're also not looking for Bull Run, though, either, are you? Not yet. Yeah, because you'd kind of like to see your daughter earn a scholarship and you get a chance to watch her play next year. Right? Yeah. That's my point. I'm not, and I'm, by the way, I'm no, not criticizing you for that. Good, That's the tension of the moment that we're in. We talked okay. about this privately last week the level of schizophrenia you have yes. on any given day thinking about trying to pass on the good life to your family yes. while knowing it is like almost a, a razor's edge yes. on any given moment. Yes. So there is no, there is no, I've, I've, I've compared America to the couple that stays together just for the kids and what that means for years. You've heard me say mm -hmm. that, right? And it means with the, when the woman says that, when the wife says that, it means until a man with a better job, who's more sensitive and a better listener comes along. And when the husband says that, it means until a woman who's prettier and, and it comes along. That, that, that they, but they both mean in their own way until a better offer comes along. I'm, I'm, that's what it means when I'm in this for the kids. That's what we are as a marriage, as Americans. But there isn't a better offer on this planet right now. There isn't one. And I don't see one on the horizon anytime soon. 
So I also don't think this thing's going to go hot for that reason. Unless we just completely let Lord Nefarious have his way. But that's what it would take. More, we, he would have to give us the nudge. What you're going to see instead is a cold civil war. Because we have mutually assured destruction if this thing goes hot. We got too many guns. They got too many tanks. Nobody wins. So what we're going to see is a cold civil war. Which means each side, well, their side, it's a matter of whether our side understands this or not yet. Their side will use every other means possible to leverage our belief system out of the marketplace. Every other possibility. So look at what went on between the Soviet Union and the Americans in the 80s. Embargoes, blockades, right? Those sorts of things. That's what's going to happen here in their own way domestically. Our side needs to recognize this and respond in kind, or it's going to get eradicated. Peace through strength works domestically as well. They need to be politically punished when they go too far and punish severely. Otherwise, they'll just keep going that far. That's what I mean by that. And we need to recognize now we don't become liars, but stop striving for truth with them. Not interested in it. We're way past the dust to the dust kicking off the sandals time. Way past that now. You're out here talking for objectivity and reason. Meanwhile, um, they're doing drag queen story time hour now in your kid's nursery in your house. Not even at the school or the library. They just went right through your front door. They don't care. There will be no reason, folks. And what, what's emerging on our side, it's, it's, and it's not, it's not the David French crowd. That guy's just a pompous ass. There's a new version of this emerging of, of guys who haven't been in a fight before, haven't taken a punch before in life. So I always tell my daughters, don't bring me any man asking me if it's okay for them to marry you if he hasn't had his ass beaten at least once in life, knocked to the ground at least once, metaphorically speaking or figuratively or literally. Because if a guy's never taken a punch, then he's either A, a bully because he thinks he's indestructible and he's not. There's always a bigger fish. Or B, he's a total pansy ass. Because he won't take any risks, he won't lead, he'll be afraid of confrontation for fear that when the blowback happens, since he's never had to get back up from, a, from an embarrassment or a defeat, he's not sure that he can. That resiliency is not there, right? Yeah. We got a bunch of guys right now on the right who have never taken a punch. Never been in a fight. Only done youth sports where they just kept score, flag football where they didn't tackle. Never took a swirly. Never to confront a bully. Never took a punch. And those guys right now, there's a group of them emerging that are scared to death about this cold civil war and have appointed themselves. And I don't even have to say names. I don't have to say names because just describing this construct, three or four names have already jumped into your heads, haven't they? Indeed. So I don't have to name any names. You know who I'm talking about. You've all seen them. They have appointed themselves the people that have to come in and referee this thing before it gets out of control. Folks, I'm telling you, that's Earth Munich, 1938. That's exactly how it gets out of control. That's Hitler admitting privately, man, I was scared to death when we went into the Rhineland that the French were just going to show up and shoot us, blow us to hell because I couldn't match up with that. And I was out of office if that happened. But the French ran. 
concerned that this was going to this provocation. Put it off. Put it off. Put it off. Take it from the kid raised by a bully. That's exactly the wrong thing to do. Meet the bully where he is now. Show the bully there will be consequences. Are you also, sir, willing to pay them? Because as long as the bully thinks you pay consequences and I don't, guess what the bully's going to keep doing? Bullying! What will cause a bully to reconsider his bullying? Oh, wait, there's, there's consequences for me to do this too? Yes. This wimp on the right is leading us right down the path of a zero-sum game. Because that's what appeasement always ends in history. Always ends. Appeasement always ends with a zero-sum game. Peace through strength works domestically as well as globally. There needs to be penalties. Governors like Ron DeSantis. Oh, hey, you guys, you guys want to do big tech censorship? Then I guess we're taking your tax credits away. Screw you. Go somewhere else then. See what I'm saying? I do. That level of return of fire will be needed in a cold civil war. Look at the things we did to drive the Soviet Union out of existence. Look at the things it did short of war to drive us out of existence. The left is going to do all of those things and is already doing most of them as we speak. We are going to have to respond in kind. Forcibly, but peaceably. Meaning we will use maximum force within the peaceable means we have of making you feel the pain of your beliefs. Because we know if we don't, you're going to do that to us. It's just self-defense. We tried the live and let live thing for years. We even let California essentially become the Bolshevik revolution. But you wouldn't keep it there. You didn't want to stay there. Instead, you exported it everywhere else. So it's very clear now that we have to draw a line and say here, but no further. Todd, you look like you want to say something. Oh, no, I'm just looking back over your shoulder, and it's amazing where a question about QAnon can go. I mean, it's almost yes, fitting. a website I've never visited and couldn't tell you anything about. Yes, exactly. Up next, we have Edward J. Keck. Uh, how likely, on a scale of 1 to 10, are we to experience the next Great Awakening? Additionally, are we moving towards it, away from it, or just staying pat? I think that um, the likelihood of seeing a revival is high, actually. You're always, always heading towards revival. Yes. It just depends on whether it's the last one. Yeah, that's true. But it also depends. It may not necessarily be a revival that includes cultural influence. It could be a revival like what you see in China. Well, right now, if you look at demographics evangelistically it is more likely that you will become a blood-bought believer a redeemed believer in jesus christ if you are born in beijing than if you are born in boston massachusetts the church in china is massive and exploding it's just underground and not really any kind of influence culturally at all Meaning it, it, it's purely, purely, um, it's the Christians in Cappadocia hiding from uh, the Ottomans. You know what I'm trying to say? Sure. I mean, it is there. It is vibrant. 
um, and it and it's affecting and changing lives. But above ground on a macro level, if you just walked the streets of Beijing, you'd have no idea that it was there. If the other side wins the Cold Civil War, I think that's what your revival will look like. Meaning that what's what's when 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 that level of darkness is prevalent the light suddenly becomes far more noticeable and desirable does that make sense yeah um i think our side can only win a cold civil war if we see revival before that i don't believe we can win one without revival we've lost all the institutions we can't i don't think we can win without one i don't want me to lie to you no no never so i'll tell you the truth we, we gave up all the institutions that were put in place to stop the metastasizing that we're seeing right now, right? Every branch of government, free, every First Amendment freedom, okay? All the things that were given to us by our founders in order to push back on this, we've, we've, lost, that in, uh, we've lost virtually all those institutions. And in many cases, didn't fight for them, just surrendered them because we didn't want to fight. We had other things to do. So we're outflanked now. We're lions led by lambs. We have masses of people, 75 million of them, but there's no singular political party or institution in place in the country where they could, as, a, as one monolith of, of power, channel their frustrations or their beliefs. That doesn't exist anymore. And so what we're going to see instead are skirmishes. Like COVID, I, Kim Reynolds versus COVID. Ron DeSantis versus the world. You know what I'm saying? You're going to see these kinds of skirmishes happening on state and local levels. Particularly for the next few years. With the Democrats in power completely in Washington. That's what you're looking at. Um, so I, I don't think we can win a Cold War a cold civil war without revival. I don't think we can. We, we've lost all of our institutions and, and, and we still struggle to think maybe we can do our own cult of celebrity, cult of personality, our own propaganda in order to counter theirs. There's still a, thick element of that on our side that believes becoming like them is how to defeat the other side and it's not that goes back to what we used to say a few years ago when we used to have these talks about zero times zero sure so there's no way i think you can settle that argument without revival because we don't uh, in the what's left of america we don't agree on corporate truth guys right we got all kinds of diversity of thought and opinions on these things right um, so I don't think we can win a cold civil war without revival in the what's left of America. And then if the left America wins the cold civil war, I think you'll definitely see a revival then. It just may be like the church in a place like China might be underground. Up next, Joey Brady says, how many good questions did you miss out on today because Facebook suppressed you? I assume <laughs> only a percentage of your Facebook followers actually saw this. 
that's a question for Todd because I don't even look at the questions because I don't want to like be tempted to say, hey, make sure this one gets asked or um, in, in case Todd plans on blindsiding me, which he has permission to do. I don't want him to, you know what I'm saying? I don't, so I don't even look at the questions. I don't even know how many questions we received. That's a question actually for you. But well, you, like I said, was the earlier, quality not down as well as the quantity? No, the quality was good. Volume wise, it it was down a bit, not only relative to Facebook, but also relative to how quickly we got high volumes on the other mediums. So maybe it's just a simply a, they, like you said, Steve, they've not only have they gone away from Facebook, but they've gone elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But there are still plenty. I mean, this is like I, I submitted a dozen to Aaron, and I always do, and there was, you know, there was well over a hundred to choose from. Did you see any topics that you knew big tech would not want us to talk about or address? No, nothing notably okay. changed about that. Well, I'm, there's always, but yes. So just like yesterday and the day before, like half of them at least are things that uh, want to be shut down by um, big tech. It was just another day that ends in Y in that respect. Right. Yeah, and just so you guys know, on our show, we we aren't going to try to navigate what is the acceptable topic that can be discussed and what is not. Um, you know, it, we're just going to continue doing what we've always done. Understanding, of course, though, and I think that all of us in this industry should understand that every time we speak, you're you're putting everybody else on, that you share a platform with on the line, right? Sure. So, uh, you know, uh, but so just add an extra layer of responsibility. Make sure if it's the hill you die on, that it was in a, go to, as I used to, used to hear me say all the time, go to, go to, go to Alcatraz for the St. Valentine's Day massacre, not for tax evasion. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, don't go up the river for a technicality. Make sure you earned it in a blaze of glory, right? Don't just sin, sin well. Yeah, yes, as Martin Luther once uh, sardonically said, yes. But um, short of that, we're just, now we're changing a lot of what we post in these places on their forums, but in terms of how we're doing the show, and I I toyed with that for a while and then realized, hey, we can't do that, man. That's just not who we are. I think this next question that we'll get to after the break, really, really important. Interested to hear your answer, Steve. Why do I feel like I'm being set up as you're not. Be like something? No, at this time vapid. you're not. Okay. Oh, no, for real. It's for it's real. It's like for really substantive. For real. Oh, no. Aaron, Aaron thinks it's substantive. Now I'm really interested. We'll get to it here next. Stay tuned. You know, everything going on these days, it can be hard to get stressed out. That can also wear down your immune system. That's why I recommend Field of Greens every day to make sure you're giving your body everything it needs to stay healthy. Field of Greens is packed with 18 clinically researched essential fruits and vegetables, plus other things that are good for you like green tea, ginger, beets, and more. It's a powerful combination of fresh fruits and vegetables, and it's all in a jar. Because a lot of us aren't getting a lot of fresh food these days, particularly of the vegetable variety. But Field of Greens will supplement that for you. It can help you support heart health, your immune system, metabolism, blood pressure, digestion, because it's pre, probiotic, and more. It's good for everyone, old, young, even athletes in the house. If you have one of those, just put one scoop in any glass of any water-based drink, mix it together, and you're done. It takes just two seconds, and after a while, you're going to feel the difference. If you want to give it a shot, go to BrickHouse, 
BrickHouseSteve.com. That's BrickHouseSteve.com and get 15% off your first order with the promo code Steve at checkout. It's the easiest and fastest way to start living a healthier life and it's available in multiple flavors now too. All right, so BrickHouseSteve.com, promo code Steve, 15% off your first order at BrickHouseSteve.com. Let's continue on with our Monday Town Hall. It's our Facebook Ask Me Anything and Aaron, you have hyped this question up. It better not suck. TJ Little says, although there were many to choose from, my least favorite phrase of 2020 was blank will ruin my witness. I had many conversations with believers who or where we would find agreement on the particular issues, lockdowns, masks, President Trump, etc. But the conversation would end with them concluding that since perception is reality, they need to comply with the popular narrative for the sake of witnessing to their co-workers, families, friends and neighbors. As believers, is our witness harmed by how our speech and actions are perceived by the world around us or by how our speech and actions conform to God's word? Obviously, it's the latter. Without question, it is the latter. But I don't want to set up a false choice here either where public perceptions, we just act like we don't care. Let me, let me take this out of our current context where emotions are high and put it in a historical one. In first century Rome, Christians were the revolutionaries. They wanted to topple the government, right? Yeah. Um, they were enemies of the state. And I'm sure that the con- some of the conversations they had to have, and I think this is played out, by the way, in both Paul and Peter, would they say in various epistles about honoring the king, being a good citizen... I I think this is an acknowledgement at the time that because they represented a new heaven and a new earth, a new kingdom that is not of this world, that it meant that it had to be a threat to the kingdom in charge of this world, which is true, but just not in the way that the earthly kingdoms thought. Does that, do you see what I'm saying? Sure. Meaning that it, it, it sought to change the hearts and minds of the citizens from the inside out, more so than just power to the people vo populi. That, that's not the revolution that it was after. It was not really after revolution at all. It was after transformation. And when you have enough transformation, that then revolutionizes a culture, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm sure, and I think, as I just mentioned, we see references to it in Peter and, uh, and, and Pauline epistles, that there was concern that we would bring on undue force, undue persecution upon ourselves if we conflated those two things. Meaning, if, this, if, if Nero or Caligula does it, that's a them problem, Right. We, but let us not be the ones that instigated that at the exact same time. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So while clearly, and I am absolutely in the corner of, it isn't how, how it isn't how you say something. It's what you're saying. There's no nice way to tell Caesar no. There's no nice way to tell the health inspector, listen, ma'am, I'm really sorry. I'm sure you're really a sweet person and doing your job and God bless you. And I'm happy to pay taxes for your salary. But if I don't open my salon up, all these single moms right now are going to lose their, lose their homes and their apartments and their cars, maybe have their kids taken away from them. I'm sure you understand. I really need to do this right now. Is that going to work? Nope. Not going to work. There's not a nice way 
to tell a state that believes it's all powerful no right mm-hmm. so don't fall into that trap but we also cannot ignore either that there's no that, that that we don't have to needlessly rattle the cage of an all-powerful state at the exact same time i guess is what i'm trying to say sure all right let martyrdom be a choice that is foisted upon you don't walk up to the centurion and say hot damn that's a shiny sword you mind if i fall on that for you don't do that right right so don't fall for a false choice understand also we're not dealing when we when we talk about our beliefs or live them out the people we're modeling those two are people they're not constructs and people are complicated so you have to make some accommodation for that you just can't change your convictions for that accommodation which is what when when most believers say we have to win in rome do as the romans that is what they mean what they mean is they want to avoid confrontation we can't do that either but it doesn't necessarily mean we go begging for confrontation at the exact same time. There's a tension there. Absolutely. All right, okay. moving on. Right. We'll go next to Corey Sinich, who says, I am an evangelical in my mid-30s. And in the past few weeks, I found out a bunch of people, mainly boomers, have been listening to evangelical, quote-unquote, prophets, saying Trump will still be president, just keep praying. Luckily, I have no clue who these well-known prophets are, but how damaging are these types of people to a conservative movement, and how damaging is it to Christians to put so much faith in a politician to save them? I think it's very damaging. I think it's a cult. And I um, I think the whole thing about Christian nationalism is largely a canard. Yeah, that's true. Used by leftists, used by people who uh, don't want to have to take a stand in the times in which they live um, or don't want to have to expose that their beliefs are actually unchristian. So this is a canard thrown up there to justify not doing anything, right? Yes. But... If, if you want to know what would a what would a f- form of Christian nationalism look like and, and I'm of the belief by the way uh, attaching anything to Christian attaching anything to your identity in Christ is puts a, is a high risk of idolatry high risk um, but if, if there is a such thing as Christian nationalism it looks like what's in your no your question Corey Do those same people show the same level of resolve when it comes to praying for their prodigal children, praying for their unsaved family members, praying for their neighbors? Chances are there's only so many hours in the day. I'm guessing the answer is usually no, right? Right. And the, the word is very clear to reject people who make prophecies that don't come true, right? Yes. It's pretty clear about that too. And so... Yeah, I mean, they, they, I, I think we cannot forget and needs to be reset. There is a cultish factor around Trump. We have talked about that for years. It does exist, particularly people that come out of the uh, TBN world of the Paula Whites, etc. Um, I don't think that's a large segment of Trump supporters. I don't even think it's a large segment of Trump Christian supporters, but I think it's the segment that you're describing. So, yeah, you should rebuke people who make prophecies 
predictions aren't the same as prophecies. Pro- claiming I have the office of prophet, and thus I'm speaking for the Lord. When such people say things and they don't come true, they should be rejected. Period. That's that's all there is. There isn't any more. They're false teachers. Throw them out. Reject them. Throw them out of your head. Out of your playlist. They're gone. And if you don't do that, then that's a you problem. Congratulations. You're in a cult. Anything further to add to that? No, I don't think. And I think Christian nationalism is it's it's a rebranding. But to, to give the impression that it's this has to do with putting God first, a God anointing, that's a fringe notion to the degree that it is an idolatrous worship of government, particularly federal government. And this has to do with what we talk about subsidiarity, not only in relation to government to government, but an order of principles like with the Ten Commandments. You know, we the people, defined by uh, the God of uh, God and the God and uh, the reason that flows out of Him, uh, and not able to keep all of that in order. Yeah, there's a Christian national. I used, I mean, heck, I joked about that in terms of roll tide evangelicalism uh, back in the day. You know, this just a an obsession with all. It's the same thing as you've also joked about, Steve, with uh, Team GOP junkets, yep. and, and yep. you know that it's so. Yeah, I give a Republican politician more rope than I give my own kids. Exactly. Yeah. Up next, Larry Howe says, I'm mild-mannered, retired, respect others, and basically live a quiet life. I was told quite recently by a friend I've known for over 20 years that he considers me to be a quote-unquote seditionist simply because I voted for Trump. (laughs) This was shocking and was not just said in jest. I know you guys have covered similar encounters, but in my mind, it was always happening to someone else and would never affect my house and home. Sorry about the length of the preamble, but I really don't know how to encounter the white-hot hate except to just move on, which does nothing. I did tell him to stay comfortable in his echo chamber. What was his name? Larry Howell. Larry, guys, remind me, what is Micah 6, 8? He has shown you, oh man, what is right and just, right? To How's it go? Walk humbly, uh, to love, uh, love, uh, love mercy, do justice, walk humbly with your God. Right. Oh, thank you. Doesn't it sound like that's what you said it was Richard? Larry. Larry, I'm sorry. Doesn't that sound like what Larry was kind of just doing? Yeah. Okay. You know... Um, one of the talking points in our message at church yesterday is that obedience to God will invite opposition. So it goes back to what we were just talking about. Larry just kind of doing his own thing, keeping to himself, just doing his best Micah 6-8 that he can do, right? Right. Suddenly he's, in a, he's a seditionist. That's pretty much how it goes. That's how it goes. But here's the thing, Larry, let that besmirching come because of the besmircher not because you gave, not because you fed into that at all you don't shouldn't be ashamed of anything you don't owe him anything you kept your integrity he abandoned his that's a him problem that's on him not on you that makes sense it does yep and i think that's you know what i know this sounds weird larry you should take that as a tremendous compliment you should take it as a tremendous compliment that you kept yourself in balance and just kept doing what you thought was right. And the reward you got for it was persecution. 
blessed are you when when they say all sorts of vile and inappropriate and mean things about you because of me, right? I believe yes. there's a series of messages that sort of go along with what Larry is describing there, right? Beatitudes, if you will. Yeah, I think Larry, dude, um, well done. Good and, faithful, Good and faithful servant, indeed. Let's do one more. David Johnson says, why are so many conservative commentators repeating the lie that Donald Trump asked Mike Pence to overturn the election and declare Trump the winner? He was extremely clear. He asked Pence to send it back to the states to recertify. I expect this level of narrative pushing from the left, but I didn't expect our own guys to circulate provably false accusations. You'd have to ask them. I don't know. You'd have to ask them. I don't know. Listen, regardless of this thing was stolen or not, you, 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 to be an honest broker, the questioner here, Donald Trump's messaging from the time election was over till right now has not been good. The lack of understandings, of course, the press, we, but Donald Trump is guilty of it as well. Hey, you know what? We're heading into winter. Well, actually, we're in winter. Can you take your kids out? Can you do anything? I don't want them just playing video games the whole time. All right, if you are uh, looking for um, something your kids can do that will grow their creativity, their skills at the exact same time. Check out Annie's Kit Clubs. They've got a young woodworkers kit club for boys. It's a monthly subscription. It puts real tools into your boys' hands um, every month. Uh, he's going to get an all-in-one woodworking kit with materials and the tools that he needs to make an awesome woodworking project with minimal supervision. And yes, we are assuming heteronormative gender roles here uh, at Annie's Kit Clubs. Uh, also for your daughters, uh, they've got a creative girls club, which sends two fun craft projects every month, complete with easy-to-follow instructions Instructions. You can kickstart her creativity through painting, beading, and more. Help your kids develop actual skills, mastering real world building or new crafting techniques while expressing their creativity. When you go to Annie's Kit Clubs, just like it sounds, A-N-N-I-E, by the way, annieskitclubs.com slash Steve. Get 75% off your first shipment. That's a massive savings at annieskitclubs.com slash Steve. Back to that last question, I didn't really pay much attention to what people were saying uh, on, in our industry about the messaging Trump gave with Pence. Because again, I just removed Trump from every vestige of my analysis, his, his personality, what he says. Otherwise, I can't look at it objectively. It annoys the hell out of me. Some guy said to me, I bet people didn't like David King David's persona either. I'm like, I don't know. Never seen any file footage of his speeches or rallies, and I don't know how he tweeted, so I don't I don't I don't know what that comparison means. All I cared about was the idea. Um, and what I rejected is the idea that we stand here and hold up a nine level level of, of fealty and depth that may not even be right, by the way, but is some person's view of it. We hold up some obscure nine layers of fealty to the 12th Amendment, while the guys on the other side just are burning and trashing every other amendment that we actually care about and know what it says, including amendments we haven't even come up with. That's the paradigm I rejected. That's, that's not how you're going to win a cold civil war, okay? You don't abandon who you are, but you don't, you don't pretend your enemy isn't somebody that they're not either, Okay, I mean, to me, the idea that we're going to die on the hill of the 12th Amendment 
and hand the country over to people who don't care about amendments one through 10, let alone the damn preamble. That's a loser argument. That's, that is a loser argument, meaning that that argument is how you lose your civilization, period. You don't gain anything. There's no integrity gain there in my view. Obviously, I think that. If I didn't think that, I probably would have had the other view, right? Right. Right. All that, all that leads to is a loss, a giant L. That's it. We're going to stick around, do the overtime. For the rest of you, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.